The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtemney and Zach Womble. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Coach Speak. My name is Brady McTamney. I am the sports guy in Montgomery County. We're writing for Main Street Clarksville. And I am Zach Womble, the sports reporter in Sumner County, writing for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. We got an awesome episode here for you today. We uh, finally have some crossover between Montgomery County Schools and Sumner County Schools, and we made sure to uh, to get that touched on. We talked to West Creek head coach James Figueroa, Gallatin head coach Chad Watson, and we also spoke with Clarksville Academy head coach Scott Murray. Yeah, it was a great, great interviews with with all three of those. I thought all three coaches brought the energy, uh, brought the passion, and so I, I know Friday night's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to get out there. Absolutely, and of course, as always, make sure to stick around. We'll be naming some players of the week and making our picks for the upcoming games. Up next on our Coach Speak podcast, our Player of the Week segment. Brady and I enjoy doing this so much. It's so fun to highlight these players. First up for me, Station Camp sophomore Sanders Ellis. Ellis scored three touchdowns for the Bison in the 33-13 surprise victory over Hillsboro Friday night. I say surprise because I picked the Burroughs to win, but really it shouldn't have been a surprise because Station Camp has looked so good this season. Ellis had touchdown runs of 1 and 10 yards while also adding a 22-yard scoop and score on a blocked punt. He is just a sophomore, but Coach Brent Alexander has said he has played like a man possessed so far this season, and he's got the bison rolling. Yeah, and with my player of the week, um, I'm going to go with a player from a losing team this time. Um, I know that's not always the most practical way to do it, but I'm going to look at uh, Rayshon Bowling for Clarksville High. Um, He has just been the best player on that football team all season long. Um, And he scored three touchdowns against McGavick uh, week one, and then uh, this past week against Springfield. Um, So for those of you who are unaware, he has been playing quarterback for for them, and he's not a quarterback by any means. Um, But they lost their starting quarterback, Devin Geringer. He's got some D1 offers um, to a preseason injury. Um, So Rayshon Bowling has stepped in and kind of had to be that guy under center. Um, This week, uh, he had a a big 65-yard touchdown run. He made some pretty nice throws, which, I mean, like I said, this guy's not a quarterback. So for him to be able to uh, scramble, stick in the pocket, make some good throws, I was really impressed with that. Um, And he also had an interception because he plays safety for them as well. Um, And uh, I I feel like if it weren't for him back there, uh, that game could have been really, really ugly. Um, so, you know, Clarksville High is just super lucky to have him. They're very glad to have a guy like Rayshon Bowling. And uh, for that reason, uh, I'm going to go with him for my player of the week this week. A solid choice. I mean, it's it, even if even if on a losing team, I mean, those stats stand out for themselves. So, I mean, I don't think anyone could argue with you on that one. We are back with James Figueroa, head coach of the West Creek Coyotes. The Coyotes are 1-1 one one so far with uh, coming off a 33-0 win against Northwest. Uh, Fig, you guys um, started hot in your week one loss against Northeast, um, but were able to seemingly uh, keep that up uh, against Northwest coming against that win. Um, what do you think that you guys did better in that game that you were able to uh, come out with the win for? I did 
uh, you know, playing Northwest, and I told our players, hey, we got to take care of the football. Um, you know, we had six turnovers against Northeast. And, you know, after that second, that big play that they scored on, on that big pass play, and our kids just kind of, I don't know, they're dropping the head, just like, here we go again. But that was the main focus going in Northwest, taking care of the football, doing the little things, getting their secondary to cover better. Um, you know, communication was a big issue as well. We, you know, we had some blown coverages because we just didn't communicate and do the little things like we're supposed to. So um, I thought we were, we were better uh, as far as team-wise doing the little things, taking care of the ball, communicating against Northwest. Coach Figueroa, uh, I'll just call you Coach Fig because I don't think I could – I think I'll butcher That's your last fine. name. That's <laughs> fine. Coach, you, you, got a big, you got a big game this this week at home against Gallatin. I, I'm curious, early thoughts going into that one uh, and what the Green Wave uh, bring to the table Friday night. Hey, they're a big physical football team. Uh, I know they like to run the ball. Uh, you know, we got to, you know, we got to be able to tackle. I think that their number four is a big, big boy for them. You know, good size, about 5'9", 245. I mean, probably a little bigger than that. But they got some athletes at the wing position. So, you know, we're just going to have to be able to, you know, contain them on the run and just, you know, limit to what they're doing as far as run-wise. Um, so, I mean, they got a good quarterback. He's very athletic quarterback as well. So, um, you know, we got to be put some points on the ball and we get the offense and uh, defensively just try to slow them down the best we can. Do you feel like your first two opponents have prepared you at all for this game Friday night? You know, against Northeast, they had a pretty big physical offensive line too. So, you know, I, I think we got some boys that we can uh, that can challenge Gallatin as well. Um, you know, we got some guys up front that are some size, a couple six two, six three kids at 300 pounds, 275. And we're I think we can match up with our athleticism as well. Um, just, you know, we just got to do the right things that, you know, be able to tackle. Can we tackle that night? Are we going to be the better? Can we hang on to the football? Just doing the right things like we're doing in practice uh, every day. Before the season, you mentioned that uh, you were bringing in some kids from the hallways to play at some of the bigger positions, bringing in some track athletes to uh, be some skill positions. Um, how do you feel like some of those newer guys have uh, developed as football players? Hey, you know, you really can't coach speed. You know, you guys know that. But we do have some speed on this football team. You know, it's, the big thing is just communicating in the secondary, um, learning the plays, doing what you're supposed to, um, watching film, doing their homework as well as players. And sometimes they don't do that, especially in the classroom. But, you know, it's just trying to develop them, teaching them, you know, basic stuff. And I think that's paying off. Um, with our track kids, you know, we had, I'm very fortunate that we had the Osley kids coming in, playing a little running back for us. He's been a, a little spark for our offense as well. Um, you know, Caven, um, and Caven, you know, we had a wide receiver from Caven Robinson last year, and, uh, you know, he's doing well as well. The younger guys and, and the kids that we've had, you know, he's, he's been a leader on the football team for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you guys went from a uh, tough 5A region to a really tough 6A region. Um, obviously opening that schedule up this week against Gallatin, but uh, it is at a uh, home game. Uh, how much of a difference do you think it makes that you guys get to start the region, um, your your first ever 6A game, uh, at home on your own turf um, instead of having to travel? You know, we had a real big crowd last 
week against Northwest, I think we had – I don't have any tickets that we sold. Uh, it, it was a lot that we – it was in the stands. The crowd was very behind us. You know, the whole student body was cheering. They're just doing what they're supposed to as well and just cheering our football players. In. And they know what's at stake. Um, it's kind of great for us because we don't have to travel. You know, everything that we can do, you know, just our routine doesn't change. And we don't have to get on the bus and sit on the bus for an hour and a half and figure out a new place to play and everything like that. So, um, Gallatin will be a challenge for us, you know, as far as what they're bringing in. But as far as us, we, we can still do our daily routine, our Friday night, Friday routine that we always do. All right. And then uh, why don't we uh, close this off by uh, you telling us just a couple guys that uh, we can look forward to seeing. Um, I know we got a, a new quarterback this year, Caden Pace, some playmakers around him. Uh, who are some guys that uh, you, we can expect to see uh, making some big plays this week against Gallatin? Caden uh, Robertson, you know, he's been doing really well for us. He's been getting a uh, couple catches. He, you know, I think he scored every game. Uh, Jay Sean Osley had a great game for us last last week. He had 10 carries for 140 yards and a score. Montel, our other running back, you know, we got a couple running backs. He had two uh, big plays, one for 40 yards on a score and another one, uh, a 26 yard. He had two touchdowns for the night. Octavius uh, Mahogany is, is another uh, one of our skilled kids that we've had play running back. He did very well for us. He had some good yards, and uh, I think he scored it too as well. Um, so you know, we got some we got some players that can make some plays. Just we got all of them have we, all of our players that night's got to make the plays. That's that's how it boils down to. We got to play together as a team to be uh to beat Gallatin. That's you know it, it, we compete with Gallatin. Excellent. All right. Well, Fig, uh, thank you for joining us today. We uh, really appreciate it. All right. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. Up next on Coach Speak with Brady and Zach is Gallatin head coach Chad Watson, who joins the show. The Green Wave were off last week, uh, looking to pick up their first win of the season this Friday night on the road at West Creek. Coach Watson, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, of course. You know, uh, the Gallatin faithful is strong, and, and they, they've been reaching out in droves asking, when when am I getting Chad Watson on the show? And so, obviously, had, had to get you on. I mean, the, the Greenway faithful is, is strong, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is for sure. That's one of the best things about being here, and I tell our kids to never take it for granted uh, for the amount of support that they have week in and week out. Absolutely, and that, that was one of the things that you cited when you came from from uh, from Northeast about the lure of Gallatin is just – the, the the passion that this that this program has and and like you were just alluding to I mean it, it's got to make Friday nights it's got to make Thursdays Wednesdays you name it just being part of the Galton program it's got just got to make it so special yeah it really does um, there's nothing like a pack night at the Wave Yard and hopefully um, we still get to get to experience that this fall uh, I know we're having more and more battles popping up uh, throughout the state everywhere so hopefully. We, we get to pack the wave yard on Friday nights. You and me both. You and me both, Chad. So, hey, let's start Let's start this show off. Let's start this interview off. You, you obviously had the week off this past week due to, due to COVID issues. I, I'm curious, what what did you do? What did you tell your team to do? Did you Was it a rest week? Was it a mental week? I mean, what all did you do when you were just sitting at home this week? Um, we made the decision on Tuesday morning. Um, so we gave the guys off. Tuesday through Friday to hopefully rest and recover the ones that were sick. Um, 
coaches wise, I know a lot of our coaches went to a lot of different games on Friday nights. Um, myself, I mean, we, we went ahead and started scouting West Creek and working forward to that. Then come back yesterday and had somewhat of a normal day. So, um, just really wanted to let our guys heal up, um, and try to get back to normal as much as possible. Chad, uh, coming from Northeast, I know you're going to be uh, pretty familiar with uh, programs like West Creek, Rossview, and Clarksville, all of whom are in the district now. Um, I know my uh, Montgomery County listeners are, are going to be interested. Um, uh, how familiar are you uh, with these coaches that you're going to be going up against in Montgomery County? And uh, did you reach out to any of those guys when uh, you found out that you would be playing in the same region again? Um. I've, I worked for Todd Hood for four years. I was his defensive coordinator at Clarksville Academy. Um, and beyond that, me and Todd are personal friends and been to a lot of family events and functions with him. And I, honestly, I feel like I learned a lot from Todd from working for him for four years. So I, I thank the world of him. Um, I've talked to Coach Shelby multiple times. Uh, me and him had a pretty good relationship when I was at Northeast. And I picked his brain uh, different times and stuff and we traded film before and same thing with coach fig i talked to him earlier this week so I'm, I'm familiar with all those guys i mean we used to see them yearly at the different functions uh as far as coaches getting together in montgomery county but those are some good guys and some good coaches coach watson i'm curious is is there a what are emotions like at gallatin i mean because obviously you guys were told last week you couldn't play and so that's that's obviously a bummer so I'm sure when they when the guys came back, they were probably pretty anxious, maybe foaming at the mouth. How would you describe just their approach these uh, these last couple of days, knowing that they get to play on Friday? Um, honestly, Zach, with the, so much uncertainty this season, I'm challenging our guys to take it one day at a time and make attendance a priority. I mean, if you can be here, you need to be here. Let's make each day the best day that we can have. And I thought we had probably the best Monday practice we've had so far this year yesterday. So hopefully we follow it up with a good day today. You mentioned the fact that you've been able to watch a little bit of film on West Creek. I'm curious what you what you were able to find and what you think West Creek will, will present Friday night. Uh, they got good athletes, uh, multiple guys uh, that can make plays in space. Quarterback is a dual threat kid. Uh, threw it quite a bit against Northeast, but ran it more against um, – uh, Northwest. So, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be a good test for us. Uh, athletic football team that, that can make explosive plays and we got to eliminate those. And they got a defense that swarms of the football. And, uh, I mean, we got a good test Friday night. Yeah. Well, for, for fans who might not be as familiar with uh, this year's green wave team, um, for, uh, especially fans who are going to be able to see you guys play this year. Um, what can uh, people expect to see out of uh, this Gallatin football team? Um, offensively, we're a flex bone offense. We keep it on the ground quite a bit. Um, younger up front, but I, I think we play a physical brand of football. Um, we like to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Defensively, we take a lot of pride in the way we play defense. Um, swarm into the football, really multiple, a lot of different fronts. And we take a lot of pride in our special teams, too, and work that. So, overall, I hope you see – you haven't seen this before you've seen a discipline football team that plays really hard for each other um and that that's what we want to hang our hat on we we're not really satisfied with our week one performance even though we played a really good team we're hoping we bounce back and uh show what we're really made of from now Spe on 
Speaking of that week one game, I, I am curious what what you what you've tried to take from that game to try to improve upon as not only just this week but as the season progresses. Um, offensively eliminating mistakes. I mean, we turned it over three times, but we also put it on the ground an additional three times. So that's six times the ball was on the ground. Um, defensively just eliminating explosive plays. And I think coach Clemens and coach Broderick both have done a really good job of, uh, correcting mistakes and motivating the kids. And I mean, more times than not, you see more growth from week one to week two. Well, we didn't have a week two, so hopefully we have a lot of growth between week one and week three. Yeah, do you think that not having that week two game is uh, gonna hurt you guys? Like, do you think there's any chance you might come out rusty on Friday, or do you guys think that you're gonna be able to have a, a pretty, pretty solid transition? Um, I'm hoping for a solid transition. I think either way, um, it was the right decision as far as getting our kids healthy, and that's our top priority that we got a healthy group of kids that are taking the field on Friday night. Chet, I'm curious, you know, I know I know you said that real big emphasis this year of just taking it one day at a time, but these are these are high school kids and uh you know you with with the station camp game looming, I'm curious if it if there's been any uh, trouble at all trying to keep your guys attention on the task at hand. No, I really don't think so. I think our guys are hungry to win a game and that's the focus and our our focus is completely on West Creek this week and I, I think that's from more times than not, um, I can usually tell, but I haven't really heard a whole lot of the kids, or maybe they just know not to bring it up to me. So, <laughs> fair enough, Coach. Listen, uh, I think I think Brady might have hit on it a little bit earlier, maybe not, but I, I am curious. You know, you're in a new region this year, but it seems like a region that it, that it's manageable. Um, are, are expectations and goals still intact for you guys? I mean, have have you reassessed anything? I mean, how are you feeling about the district schedule this year as you get ready to go into your first one? I mean, our ultimate goal is to compete and have a chance to win a region championship. And we've, we've played in the region championship game the past two years, even though we've come up short. Um, I know people across the state like to call, talk about Williamson County football and Rutherford County football, but there's some pretty good football here in Sumner County, and there's some good football also in Montgomery County. So I, I feel like we got a really, really good region. Um, we just got to show up and play and – However the chips fall, as long as our kids are doing the absolute best they can and we're eliminating mistakes and we're playing a good physical brand of football, I think our chances are still pretty good. I agree. Chad, I really appreciate you joining Coach Speak today. Uh, before we let you go, is there anything that you want to add about you want to plug the Green Wave program? Uh, just come out and support us when you get the when you get the chance. And I know we travel good, and um, there's a lot of good places to eat in Clarksville for anybody that's debating on coming up Friday night. So, Come on up and watch us at West Creek. And we're still working to try to fill that um, fifth home game. We're going to try to fill it on October the 8th, being in contact with a few schools. Uh, once I have a definite date and an agreement, we'll make sure to get that out for the season ticket holders. And also, if you're a parent of a youth, uh, Chad and the Green Wave have got this uh, youth football league going on in town. Do you want to tell uh, parents how they could sign up for that or, or, or if they're interested in next year? Um, yeah, like if next year, if they want to do it, uh, we'll have all the sign up dates posted. It's, it's, we're running it with FCA. It's a really good organization. Not only they're playing football, but they're around top notch people, uh, who are invested in the kids and the youth in Gallatin. And I think they're actually looking at doing a spring league as well. So it's awesome. Our kids are out here on our practice field running around. Our football players are the officials. It's a really good experience, uh, for everybody involved. Perfect. Well, Coach Watson, we really appreciate you joining Coach Speak with us today. I know we'll catch up down the road, and good luck Friday night.
We're here with Clarksville Academy head coach Scott Murray. He's in his first year with the Cougars, and they're off to a very strong 2-0 start. Scott, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good. So um, why don't you tell us a bit about um, what what you saw when you took over this Cougars team after a bit of a tough season last year and uh, what you tried to do with them uh, as you took over the head coach position? Well, we're very excited for the position and very excited to start. It's been a blessing to be in my family. We knew that uh, Carswell Academy was kind of a diamond in the rough. Uh, it's really the only private school in the area that uh, offers football. So we knew that it was a gold mine in that aspect. We just knew that it hadn't been really tapped into just yet. Uh, we also feel like some of the other teams in Carswell in very tough regions and a kind of hamstringed a little bit by numbers and things like that. So we think that Clarksville Academy in the future is absolutely the place to be for uh, players that want an opportunity to possibly win a state championship. So we've been very excited once that started. Uh, It's been kind of a rush because I was hired at the very end of May, very first part of June, and we kind of had to hit the ground running. And that's kind of what we did. It took a while to get a couple more staff members hired and uh, took a little while to, to make the transition from Smith County to here. Uh, but everything seems to work out well. The kids have responded well to what we're trying to do, and uh, we're excited about the future. Coach Murray, uh, you, you said it right. You, you've hit the ground running. You're 2-0 and to start this season. I, I'm wondering, as a coach, are you the type of coach that's going to allow them to allow your kids to see the headlines, or are you or are you trying to temper expectations? I mean, how, how, are, you, how are you approaching? How are you dealing with this 2-0 and start? No, I want them to see the headlines. I want them to see that what we have done and uh, what our expectations are are starting to work and people are starting to take a notice of what we've done and I want them to enjoy their successes. So uh, we definitely let them see those things. We let them know that they're climbing in the polls and uh, we let them know that there's individual attention for certain players and there's attention for the entire team. We want them to see those things. But at the same time, we keep them grounded and we make sure that they understand that uh, what we've done so far is not the expectation of Clarksville Academy football. 2-0 and wasn't our goal uh, in any in any shape, size, or fashion. Uh, there was much more and many more goals that we have. So we're, we're staying pretty grounded. Yeah, well, looking at the uh, last week's score against the uh, Webb School in Bell Buckle, you guys beat them 63-34. to but that score could be a little bit misleading because you guys were up 42-0 at halftime before putting in some uh, some younger kids. Um, what did you see from that first unit uh, in the first half that allowed you guys to get off to such a dominant start? Well, we just uh, we even came out in the second half and we decided to only let our starters play one possession. And we stopped them defensively and then we went down and uh, scored another and we felt like our first group had done a good job. They showed what they were able to do and, uh, we didn't want to. We didn't do want to do anything, you know, against the Web School to embarrass them or their program. Their kids were playing hard. Their kids were working hard. Uh, our kids were just having a great night. Uh, offensively, I just saw what what we've already come become accustomed to is we have several playmakers that we're aware of, and we just you know we're not geniuses and we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. We just do our best job that we can of getting the ball in the hands of those athletes and. Uh, letting them take over and see what they can do. And it's worked out well for us. And our guys up front have blocked and uh, held up long enough for those guys to get the ball and make things happen. And defensively, the expectation is for us to fly around. And we know we're going to make some mistakes technique-wise and 
things of that nature, just because, you know, we haven't been here long enough to get all that cleaned up. But our kids are playing extremely hard defensively. We're flying around to the football. We're forcing a lot of turnovers and making things happen. So we were we were really pleased. We thought we made some big strides from week one to week two. Coach, you go on the road again. You're going to travel to face Middle Tennessee Christian School. I'm curious, A, have, have you seen the film on them? B, what have you seen from them that lends you to believe that you're going to have to give everything you got Friday night to come home with a victory? Well, we feel like we're going to have to give everything we got uh, every Friday night. We know that uh, people used to put us on the schedule as, as everybody's homecoming, and now they see that uh, we have some players and we have the ability to score some points and we're playing pretty well defensively. So we know that uh, everybody we play doesn't want to be the next team to get beat by Clarksville Academy. Uh, so everybody's going to bring their A game. Uh, yes, we have seen plenty of film on Middle Tennessee Christian. Of course, they've seen film on us. Um, they are a very disciplined football team, very well coached, uh, a little more physical up front than what we have seen the last couple of weeks. So uh, we're, we're going to have to rely on our linemen up front a little bit more this week than we have in the past. Yeah, and looking ahead at the uh, rest of the schedule, uh, Tennessee Heat next week before getting into some of the district games. Um, I know setting expectations, looking forward, is, isn't is exactly uh, something that all coaches do, but um, heading into this season, what was the expectation or the goal for the Clarksville Academy Cougars? Uh, don't really want to give our team goals. Uh, they're kind of a personal uh, thing for us, but the expectation is for every time we go out onto the football field is to win, uh, and that's what we've sold our kids on, and that's what our kids believe now. They, they feel like every time they step on the football field, they're capable of winning, and I don't believe that that was the attitude when we got here, so uh, our major expectation is just to win every Friday night, and that's that's one of our major goals. We don't look for uh, six and four or five and five or four and six. None of those things come up. Our expectation is when we put the helmet and shoulder pads on Friday night, we expect to leave the field as a winner. Perfect. And then uh, before we send you off here, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, some of the players that uh, you think have shined so far, some of the guys that you think, if people come to see the Carstville Academy Cougars, are going to jump off the field? Well, uh, you can't you can't do anything without your bigs up front. And of course, Ethan Arkell, our center, James C., one of our offensive linemen, uh, Jackson Trotter or some of our seniors up front uh, that have really led the way. Christopher Key uh, has done a great job for us offensively on the defensive line. Those same guys, along with Caleb Epps, have, have been a big, big, huge role. Uh, we've had some guys step in that were basketball and baseball players that have not been playing football. Uh, Cooper Wallace, our quarterback, has uh, come along leaps and bounds. Uh, Paris Hilgren has uh, certainly been an asset to the program. I think every time he's touched football this year, other than once, uh, he's scored. Uh, Keith Richburg, uh, Corbin Yarborough, Tyson Haywood, those guys are receivers that play for us at the moment, and they're as good as anybody there are. Uh, and secondary-wise, we feel like we're about as good as anybody we'll ever see. Uh, we're, we're very gifted and blessed. Uh, Deuce Harris, a kid who got hurt with his ankle, don't know if he'll play this week or not, is another athlete out there for us. And uh, Jock White, uh, Tyler Moss, the, the list of athletes just goes on and on and on. We've got some kids that can certainly run and certainly play, so we're excited about a ball. Everybody we feel like um, 
is playing really well. Uh, defensively, we've moved Jalen Towns to the middle linebacker. Ashton Oslins is playing really well. Uh, and uh, Jack Darnell, we felt like, has played well for us. So we've got a lot of guys contributing, uh, a lot of guys doing their part. And uh, it's it's uh, I'm naming everybody because it's been a team effort. Everybody's been playing really well. Everybody's been playing really hard. Everybody's bought in. And we're just excited about the future. Yeah, you'd rather have to name everybody on the field than struggle to pick out names, right? Exactly. If I if I have one or two that I can pick out, then the whole team's not very good. So uh, we, we <laughs> exactly. feel like everybody's playing pretty well and, and trying to meet the expectation of Clarksville Academy football and to become an elite program. And uh, we feel like it's going to work out well for us. Perfect. Well, Scott, we uh, thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon. Um, it was awesome talking to you, and uh, we look forward to getting out and seeing the Cougars soon. Come out anytime. Thanks, guys. You got it. Thanks, Scott. Moving into our favorite segment, the Pick'em segment of uh, Coach Speak. Uh, We we do these in our papers every week as well, but, you know, it's fun to talk them out as well, you know, kind of speak our brains on this one. Absolutely. Um, Last week, I went four and two in uh, Montgomery County. I'm nine and three overall with my county picks. Um, and the first one I'm going to be picking this week is the Springfield Yellow Jackets, who are 2-0 and coming off a win at Clarksville High, uh, going against the Northeast Eagles. Uh, Springfield is now currently ranked number 24 in our mid-state top 25. And um, Northeast is coming off a kind of bizarre loss against uh, Montgomery Central. Um, Northeast scored 62 points week one against West Creek. Went to Montgomery Central last week. We're shut out. You just don't really see that very often. And, I mean, Montgomery Central is a good team, but I feel like Northeast is, is better than a, a, a goose egg. Um, but Springfield is a very good football team, too. Um, you know, looking at the simple math, you think this one might be kind of lopsided. Um, but both teams just are have a ton of athletes. Um, the Eagles have home field advantage. Um, they have a good coach in Brandon Clark. But Dustin Wilson for Springfield is just really one of the better coaches in the mid-state, I believe. Um, and uh, for this one, um, I also think that this is actually going to perhaps dictate who gets home field advantage in the 5A uh, playoffs because uh, th- these schools are now in the same region, which is fun uh, because these are two pretty good programs, uh, two fun teams to watch. Um, so I think, you know, Assuming Henry County gets that top spot, which I guess at this point they're 0-2, maybe that's not the safest bet. I still think they probably will, but uh, the winner of this game could end up with that number two seed. Um, so I think that makes that this a whole lot more interesting. Um, but either way, I'm going to go Springfield getting a close 35-29 to 29 win. Looking at my first game, I, I usually go alphabetical order, so you're thinking, all right, Beach is up. Well, I'm saving Beach and Hendersonville for last. That's the game I'm going to. I'm still. I've already posted it online, but I'm already, I'm still second guessing myself. I do it every year when it comes to that game. Uh, so let's start off my Sumner County Pickums uh, with talking about my awful, awful, awful performance uh, last week. I finished. I, I went two and five in my week two Pickums. Talk about a rough weekend, Shameful. Brady. I. Get strep- to be the expert, man. I get strep throat on Friday. I'm forced to miss. <laughs> I'm forced to miss a Friday night game. I'm forced to miss uh, the Coleman Midget Cross Country Invitational on Saturday, and then I go two and five in my pick'em. Not wow. a good weekend for me man. at all. 
Um, so I'll try to bounce back this week best I can. Uh, easy with the expert, though, because clearly that I am not. Uh, well. I'm, se- I'm 7-6 and six overall in the season, so that's not very experty if you ask me. But like I said, I'll try to do a little bit better this year – or excuse me, this week. First game up on the schedule, Gallatin on the road at West Creek. You just heard from Chad Watson. Green Wave did not play last week due to COVID compl- complications. Listen, I know West Creek is coming off a big win, um, but I just don't see this game being close, if, I, if I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, I picked Gallatin to win 42-0, and uh, honestly I think it could be a score of whatever Gallatin wants it to be. Uh, I understand West Creek has got some good – Good weapons, got some good athletes. Um, but I got a feeling Gallatin is going to come into this game pretty pissed off. You know, they obviously lost week one, and then they get told week two they can't play. So I, I think they're going to come in angry, and I think West Creek is going to get the brunt of it. And so I've got Gallatin winning in a big, big way, 42-0. Yeah, and uh, like you said, this is a West Creek game as well. So naturally that means I picked it as well. Um, so I, I think um, it's good. I, I, I've got a similar – prediction to yours um, yeah, I mean I'll get that out of the way pretty quick I don't think that's much of a surprise um, it, it, it's unfortunate for West Creek that they got moved into this uh, region where you know you're playing with Gallatin you're playing with Beach you're playing with Hendersonville um, not to mention another couple good Clarksville schools um, in Clarksville High and, and Rossview um, so it is unfortunate because West Creek is probably the weak link here in this region Um but they do get to start their region schedule off with a home game, which, you know, is good. Um, I know Gallatin travels very well, but um, as we heard from Coach Figueroa, it's it's good for them to just be able to go through their routine, um, kind of have that all. Um, so I do think that that'll benefit them a little bit. They have some very good athletes. They can surprise you at times with uh, some quick scores, some big plays. Um, I don't think it's going to be even close to enough to get the win. Um but I do have Gallatin winning this 49 to 12. Moving on, I'm talking about Pope John Paul II versus Father Ryan. This is the Bishop's Cup trophy. It's on the line Friday when the Irish visit Pope John Paul II for their annual showdown. The Knights are winners of five in a row, Brady. I, I, I never thought we'd get to a point where, where Pope beat Father Ryan five times in a row. That's insane. Um, so you know the Irish are coming coming to town to take that trophy back home. Mm-hmm. They're a very talented football team. They've shown the ability to both run and pass while limiting you on defense through their first two games. They've outscored their opponents 61-19 to in two contests, including a nice week one victory over a talented East Nashville squad. That said, you know, the Knights are no slouch either. They've scored 40-plus in both of their games this season and showcased their own set of weapons on both sides of the football I think Friday night could prove to be a great game and one I've gone back and forth on regarding who I'm going to pick to win. All streaks come to an end, Brady, but not this year. I've got Pope winning 35-31. Nice little fake out there. Um, How about from one night to another? Uh, Look at the Kenwood Knights. They're going to the – they're making the dreaded trip over to Paris uh, to face the Henry County Patriots this week. Henry County ranked number 21 in our Main Street Top 25 this week. They've fallen a little bit after losses to Summit and Beach. So that makes you think, you know, maybe Henry County, maybe this is the year that they're maybe beatable. Uh, You know, Kenwood hung 65 points up on Hillwood their first week. You know, is there a chance that maybe Kenwood beats Henry County this week? You know, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not Jesus, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't think Fair. I can look into the crystal ball, see, uh, see who's going to win. Um, 
But my prediction, I think Henry County is still going to walk away with this one. Um, you know, th- them being in Henry County, um, them being in Paris, you know, the extravagant jewel of uh, Tennessee, Paris, Tennessee. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just think Henry County is going to come out this one angry. They still have the keys to Clarksville, man. I mean, I just think Henry County is going to get a pretty solid victory in this one. I'm giving them a win 55 to 14 over Kenwood. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Kenwood a little bit. They're going to get a pissed off Patriot team. Um, You know, they were in that game against beach last week when I was able to watch on TV since I wasn't able to be there. And um, you know, they just couldn't, they just couldn't capitalize on, on their opportunities. I I still think Henry County is going to be a force uh, come playoff time. Make no mistake about it. They always are. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of kind of a bad draw for Kenwood this week. Look, moving on to Portland at Clarksville Northwest, Brady. This is a game you're obviously interested in interested in as well. Uh, listen, Northwest 0 and 2 has struggled to open the season. I'm I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. You know this. Mm-hmm. Losing their first two football games to Stewart County and West Creek. You know, I get the Stewart County loss, Brady, but the West Creek loss has me shaking my head. Um, so they're giving up 35 points per game, and this is a game that I think is going to be exactly what the numbers say. I've got Portland winning 35-0. to zero. Um, I've said all season long the Panthers will continue to shock the Mid-State and their region. I would not be surprised one bit if Portland found themselves playing for a region, ch- region championship in their last game of the season on the road at Henry County. Um, wow. but, as far as, but as far as this week is concerned, give me the Panthers in a runaway. That is a bold, bold statement there, talking about the region championship with Portland. Wow. Um, But for now, I'm going to have to agree with you. I don't think uh, Northwest is going to give the Panthers too much of a fight this week. Um, Northwest has failed to even get points on the board so far this season, like like you said, against Stewart County and West Creek. Um, West Creek's defense isn't even that good of a defense. As of right now, they don't provide – um, tons of resistance for opposing uh, offenses, and Northwest wasn't able to get on the board against them. Um, so that should tell you everything you need to know. Um, you, you've kind of covered the bases here. Um, I've got Portland winning this one 30-0. to zero. Moving on to maybe the biggest surprise, uh, certainly the biggest surprise in Sumner County, I don't, maybe maybe the mid-state, but Station Camp, 2-0 and to start the season for the first time since 2018 winning on the road at White House and then downing Metro's Hillsboro in, their, in its home opener. Um, they're going to hit the road Friday night for Sparta, Tennessee. They're going to head to take on region foe White County. I don't know anything about White County, Brady, to be completely honest with you, other than the fact that the Warriors are 2-0 and this season, but they've only played one con- one contest, which was a 40 to nothing week one victory over Livingston Academy. Their week two game against Warren County was canceled due to COVID-19 is- issues with Warren uh, – Warren County. So outside of that, I don't really have a lot of knowledge on them. And and I know my DMs were full this weekend, Brady. I'm not even joking. My DMs are full. My mentions were full. Please continue picking it against the Bison the rest of the season <laughs> because I'm 0-2 uh, for them this year. Of course, I picked White House and Hillsboro both to beat Station Camp. But here we are. Uh, so maybe I'm going to make the Station Camp faithful a little uneasy this week, but I'm rolling Man. with the Bison to go on the road and pick up a victory over the Warriors 28-24. to 24. Man, next time you show up at Station Camp, if they lose this game, you're going to have some tomatoes thrown at you, man. Well, I'm going to see them next week when they make the trip to Gallatin for the, for the Mayor's Cup battle. But, right. uh, you know, uh, we'll, see what, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but if they, if, they, if they fall, I'll certainly feel like a jinx. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, moving on, I'm looking this next one as uh, Montgomery Central Indians against the Lawrence County Wildcats. Um, like you said, against uh, um, first station camps opponent, I just don't know that much about Lawrence County right now. Um, you know, that's not a team that we cover. That's not a team we're even very, very close to. Um, but this is a region game now for Montgomery Central. They're in this insane nine-team region. Yeah. That includes Pearl Cone, by the way. Um, It's it's just absolutely, it's brutal, man. Um, But I think Montgomery Central can get off on the right foot here. Um, Lawrence County, like I said, they're 2-0, but their two games have come against Summertown and Loretto. A couple of teams who are, um, to put it lightly, uh, not the most hardened opponents. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to sharpen you uh, like iron sharpens iron. Um, whereas Montgomery Central, uh, I mentioned it earlier, they're coming off a really surprising win against Northeast where they shut the Eagles out. Um, and Montgomery Central, um, they're bringing, they've got a really good offensive line and that fits the way they play ball perfectly because head coach Jeff Tomlinson, he's going to uh, run the ball and then the next play he's going to run the ball. Um, and then just to change things up a little bit, he's going to run the ball again. Um, and they've got some pretty good running backs, man. Uh, they're going to keep that ball on the ground. They're going to eat up clock. And I think uh, Montgomery Central is going to take this one 21 to nothing. Up next for me, two 0-2 football teams meet on the gridiron for their first region game of the season Friday night when the, when the Westmoreland Eagles fly to Watertown to take on the Purple Tigers. Watertown has been a thorn in the Eagles' side these last few seasons, and getting a win over them would go a long way in determining Westmoreland's playoff fate. Friday night, though, will be a tough go for Chad Perry's crew, but they will be prepared if nothing else. After facing a 5A program and a 4A program in Portland and Macon County, Class 2A competition doesn't seem that daunting. Uh, Westmoreland this season has shown toughness, grit, a never-give-up attitude in their first two games, and that will serve them well come Friday night. That said... On the road against a team Westmoreland typically doesn't have a ton of success against. I think the hill could be too tall to climb. So I'm picking the Purple Tigers 21-17 to 17 over Westmoreland. Hey, if it's a close game like that, I think uh, I think that'll be something that not too many people can complain about. You know, close football games well, are always fun. If it is a close game, you know, Westmoreland's got to be kicking themselves a little bit because they've they've been in close games all, all you know the first two games they're thirty one twenty eight loss against Portland I believe they lost fourteen to six against Macon County if I'm not mistaken so uh, you know one possession games in, in each game so um, may, maybe they find their way maybe they find a way to 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 win this Friday night and kind of shock the region and take a one and zero region record but. Again, like I said, they're, they're, Westmoreland just doesn't have a lot of success against West. Or Westmoreland just doesn't have a ton of success against Watertown, and so I'm wondering if there's a mental hurdle that they've got to try to get over. And so I think that that could prove to be a, a difference maker. Yeah, definitely, it's something to think about. Indeed. Uh, moving on, we're looking at uh, a battle of the Cougars. Uh, we already talked to uh, head coach Scott Murray of Clarksville Academy. Uh, they're hitting the road to face the Middle Tennessee Christian Cougars. Um, I like to call this the Blue Cougars from Clarksville Academy versus the Orange Cougars from Middle Tennessee Christian. Um, but Middle Tennessee Christian, they are 0-2. Um, they faced uh, a couple um, uh, D2 East teams as well. Um, or I'm sorry, they are uh, Clarksville Academy has already faced a couple D2 East teams, and they've beaten the crap out of them. Um, and Middle Tennessee, that's another team that fits the bill. Um Clarksville Academy has just had their way with some of these teams so far, man. It's it's been it's been very impressive to see from them. Um, 
And uh, perhaps some of that soft scheduling will hurt Clarksville Academy. Um, you know, whether it's even been soft at all, I guess, remains to be seen. But maybe they're just that good. Um, but I do think that they're going to continue to uh, to to rock this week. I think they're going to continue to rock that region um, before heading on to uh, to next Friday's game, coming back home against the Tennessee Heat. But I got Clarksville Academy winning this one 48 to 21. Moving on to our Sumner County game, we've got White House versus Cheatham County, two one-in-one programs. I'll keep this very simple with you, Brady. I think Friday night could be a quick night if you're a Blue Devil fan. Um, I know the Cubs got the, I know the Cubs got a win, but it was a week one win over Glencliff, and then they struggled the next week to to move the football. I, I do think Cheatham County is going to be outmatched in this contest, and it's going to be one where I think you see some third string players get plenty of playing time come the second half. Uh, I think. White House leaves this game two and one, and they'll be well rested for their rivalry game against Portland the next week. Give me White House twenty eight over Cheatham County six. Yeah, and then we're moving on to the one that everybody in Montgomery County is looking forward to this week. Uh, it's the Rossview Hawks and the Clarksville Wildcats, the battle for the Warfield Shield. Uh, we didn't get to have that game last year um, because of some COVID things, you know, kind of messing up with the schedules. Rossview wanted to play the game, Clarksville wanted to play it too, but. Unfortunately, couldn't really get a week where um, they both kind of lined up. Um, but I think this is going to be one of the better matchups between the two schools in recent history. Uh, I've already mentioned that Glassville's got some struggles with at the quarterback position. They they don't really have a go-to quarterback. Uh, Rayshon Bowling is a very good athlete, um, but he's not a, a, a quarterback, you know, per se. Um, he's not exactly a guy that you're going to always be able to turn to to sling the ball, get big yards, move down the field. Um, and Rossview has struggled too. Uh, I mean, they're 0-2 right now. They've lost to, um, I believe it was Wilson Central. They lost to week one and went to Riverdale last week. And, I mean, I don't have to explain too much what happened there. Um, but uh, I think both of these teams coming off playing good opponents, Clarksville having played Springfield uh, last week, um, they're going to be ready for this one, man. Uh, they're going to – these these two schools, I mean, you know, we use the word rivalries a lot, uh, and rivalries are a lot of fun, but these two schools genuinely dislike each other a lot. Like, I was just at their volleyball game last week, and the two student sections were yelling at each other the entire game. Like, these schools just do not like one another. Um, and that's going to gonna show on the field, man. These guys are going to be playing their absolute tails off, and I just can't wait to see that. Um, both these teams have pretty good defenses. Um, the offenses are coming along a little bit, but I think with the kind of the extra adrenaline flowing through these kids, I think there's going to be a little bit more scoring than you might expect, but it's not going to be a ton. Um, but I do have Clarksville winning this one with the home field, um, bringing, bringing the Warfield Shield back to CHS. I got them winning this one 21 to 17. A close game. That's right. And always look- is. Uh, you know what? And that's exactly what my last game preview is. It's the battle for Drake's Creek, newly minted. Uh, we, of course, at the Hendersonville Standard, uh, got a trophy for the game last year, and I think it was a big hit. I'm excited for year two. Um, but this game didn't need a trophy to to be a rivalry, right? These You mentioned how your, your big game, they don't like each other. You could say the same for mine. They don't like each other so much that Beach decided to go with in an entire different identity away from the city of Hendersonville. Even though their school is in Hendersonville city limits, they do not want to be associated with Hendersonville. In fact, they would rather you say Shackle Island. So if you're ever writing a game story or you're ever talking about them, you're at Shackle Island, you're not in Hendersonville. 
So that's yeah. how that's how deep this rivalry goes. These two communities, these schools, these players, they relish in this opportunity to take on their crosstown rivals. Separated by only seven miles and some rep, some train tracks, you know, this rivalry is split right down the middle at five wins apiece over the last ten games. But it is the Beach Bucks that have won four out of the five, including two in a row. Now that this game is back to being a region contest, expect even more intensity from the players come Friday night. And while there is undoubtedly a level of respect from both sidelines, you'd be kidding yourself, Brady, if you don't think you're going to see some good back and forth come come kickoff. Um, mm-hmm. Every year I struggle to pick this game just because both teams, truthfully, Brady, they're so well coached and they're so evenly matched. I mean, if you ask me to pick between James Beasley and Anthony Crabtree, I mean, it. You can't do it. I mean, both are champions in their own right. Now, Anthony Crabtree's got two gold balls in his in his trophy case that he can kind of lean on along with a silver ball. But listen, James Beasley in his third year has won two region titles. So he's no slouch either. Mm-hmm. So my recipe for picking a winner is just look at previous years, even though previous years have no bearing on the current year. <laughs> um, but over the last two years, the way Beach has found a way to win these last two contests, I think is, is hard to overlook. You know, I won't. I'll keep this short. But Beach over the last two years has. You've looked at the game and you thought, how did they win that game? You know, whereas Hendersonville should have, especially especially three years ago when Beach won eighteen to seventeen at Hendersonville, when they came from behind, double digits uh, with like five minutes left, and then last year when uh, Hendersonville shot themselves in the foot so many times with penalties or turnovers. Uh, but that said. Listen, both teams are going to have good athletes on the field. I'm struggling to pick this one. But in the end, I'm going to stick with Beach and their ability to find a way to win. So give me the Bucks in a close one, 30 to 27. Interesting. You think it's going to be high scoring, huh? Yeah, listen, th- there's too many good athletes on the field for it not to be high scoring. I mean, whether it's Andrew Page or or Jackson Long or Ellis Ellis or Jamison Wharton or Jack Brown, Jack Busey, Torin Baker, you know, both quarterbacks at Beach uh, – Jackson and, and Brian Rager. Uh, you know, I just think there's too many good players not to find the end zone. So um, that's that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, and this is actually one of the games that we have uh, predicted in our uh, staff-wide uh, mid-state picks. Um, so I, I have a score for this one as well if uh, you're interested in hearing it. Let's hear it. So uh, I went kind of the complete opposite of what you did. Um, There's no real rhyme or reason, you know. Um, but I went 9-1 last week after all. So, just saying. Um, but I do have Hendersonville winning this 17-14. Uh, to 14. Three-point game. So, we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. One of us is going to get scathed. Yeah, and one fan base probably isn't going to like us very much. That's okay, Brady. That's okay. And that's going to do it for our week three pick-ems. I hope you've enjoyed uh, our breakdown of, of each game. If you want to get more extensive coverage, head on over to MainStreetPreps.com where you can see our columns. That'll do it for episode three of Coach Speak with Brady and Zach. Uh, We appreciate you for joining us once again, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys once again next week. Uh, Enjoy the games this Friday, and we'll talk to you again soon. See you, everybody. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.